HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This program is brought to you by Chefs Collaborative, a nonprofit with a mission to inspire, educate, and celebrate chefs and food professionals building a better food system. Change menus, change lives. Learn more at chefscollaborative.org. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Are you in the restaurant business and you're looking for a job, but you're really tired of the job boards and Craigslist? If you are, this episode of Tech Bites is for you. Heritage Radio Network listeners, that's about a million of you worldwide in 65 different countries. Amazing. All those listeners coming in to hear what we're talking about in the shipping container in the backyard of Roberta's Pizza in Bushwick, Brooklyn. I'm Jennifer Leitze. This is Tech Bites, the weekly show where we talk about the intersection of food and technology on heritageradionetwork.org. And today, that intersection is a restaurant hiring app called Jajet Joe. And it bills itself as the Uber for restaurant staff. We have a couple of restaurant staff here that have given it a test drive. And so we will see how it works. And before we get into Jajet Joe, We will start the show, like we start every show, going around the shipping container, talking about apps, apps we love, old favorites that have been living on the home screen since the beginning, maybe new ones we've just discovered. Let's start off the man back at Mission Control with his finger on the sound effects. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Thank you, everybody. What a wonderful audience. David, David. Uh, that never gets old. Never. That's David Tatashore. He is our engineer and the Heritage Radio Network studio manager. David. Yes. 
You got an app for us today? Yeah, I've done one similar to this before, and it's sort of hospitality related, so it works with today's uh, theme. Uh, this one is called AMI Entertainment, and it's another one of these uh, jukebox companies where they have you know, the jukebox that's connected to the internet, and you can control it with your phone. And I wanted to mention it because it's kind of inferior to one that I've talked about before, which is touch tunes. Um, that has a function where you can skip to the front of the line by paying an extra credit. And this one does not. So it just kind of leaves you, you're, you're at the mercy of, of the, the line. If you are stuck behind a whole bunch of bad songs, there's really nothing you can do about it. And so that's, that's is, my gripe. Is, is that a virtual line of people? Because typically, if you're listening to a jukebox, you're in some sort of restaurant, bar, gathering establishment. And right. the people who are loading up the crappy songs before yours yes. are like the other patrons you're sharing the space with. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, but this is an app? The app is to control the jukebox. Oh. Yeah. I see. So whether people are doing it via the app or at the machine that's actually there in the so, bar so or restaurant, they, they can you know be ahead of you in line with their selections and there's no way to skip the line. So it is a remote no control for a jukebox service. that you're playing in a space that you're in. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I'm, I'm sure if, you, if we did some internet research, there's probably a hack for that. I'm sure somebody came up with some hack to where you can either jump the line or... Maybe. I mean, it's, it's built right into this other one I've used, Touch Tunes, but I could not find it on this one. So either it's really well hidden or it just doesn't exist. Okay. I am Entertainment, Jukebox, Remote Control. How many... AMI. AMI. How many places do you go that have a jukebox? Not many, but I just happened to be in the Philadelphia area last weekend, or two weekends ago, and was at a bar that had one. So. Okay. Very good. Remote control. Yep. DJ. Jukebox. Justin, do you have an app that you like? And the only rule is that you're not allowed to talk about an app that you work for. Fair. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with old, reliable Twitter. Um as somebody who works in marketing, certainly I should be very familiar with social media and whatnot. Um, I think we can all agree at this day and age, though, there's no shortage of entertainment on Twitter, um, politically speaking especially. And so I've used that, or that is now replacing traditional media sites like CNN that I would often frequent. Um, and I notice myself spending more and more time on Twitter, even to look at videos and whatnot, but just kind of keep myself abreast of what's going on in the world and um, what everybody's tweeting about. So you're using as a, a personally curated news feed. Correct. I'm not an active tweeter per se. I'm kind of behind the curtains just looking at a lot of things. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not out there tweeting five million times like my wife is. Uh, I'm, I'm more focused on just kind of obtaining as much knowledge as possible. So you're more a Twitter voyeur. Fair. Yep. Yeah, that's probably the versus best way to a participant. Exactly. Okay. Now, do you have, are you following CNN and all the political things that you're not visiting the sites? Yeah, I, I would say I probably still follow the vast majority of them, but it's, it's, it's just much more convenient to have a smorgasbord of a smorgasbord, I should say, of, of uh, news outlets all at once, and it's not necessarily even just news outlets. It, there's a lot of value in just even having people providing news. You know, if you look at like anytime there's there's some kind of real world event um, that that's happening, that's the first place I go. So when we had the bombing in Chelsea, for example, recently. 
I didn't go to CNN.com because I know that actually takes some time for everything to be propagated and uploaded and whatnot. I go to Twitter and immediately within a couple seconds, you have a sense of what's going on. So I've kind of been using that um, quite frequently. And, and uh, yes, it's part of my daily job. Um, but that's what I'm when I'm on the subway waiting you know, in between stops. That's what I'm fiddling around on. OK, Twitter, an oldie but a goodie. Old and but I reliable. think. Pop, pops up every now and again is still very much favored amongst media and journalists and sort of hangs on and then I think is, to your point, experiencing a little bit of a resurgence in popularity right now. Yeah, I think the uh, political environment is uh, certainly fueling that. <laughs> Absolutely. Also with us today, we have Tim Zornan, who is a chef looking for work. He's focus group of two. Tim, do you have an app that you like right now that you use a lot, a favorite? Um, it's a funny question because I'm kind of tech retarded in that regard. I have a lot of apps, but I don't know how to use hardly any of them. But the one that I probably use the most would be Instagram. <clears throat> so it's worth noting that Tim has, and actually, I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to ask the marketing guy what he thinks of Tim's Instagram handle. Tim, tell him what your Instagram handle is. Meaning the name? Yes. Uh, Tim and Georgie take pictures. Takes with an S. Yes. Tim and Georgie takes pictures. And who is Georgie? <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that will help with my judgment. <laughs> it was a good one of my good friends back home, and I was always being ragged on because I did not have uh, an Instagram account. And the girl that I was seeing at the time, she said... I'm going to make both of you guys, because George wasn't on one either, and she's like, I'm going to make both of you guys an account now. And we didn't do anything for the longest time, but, you know, once I started actually becoming semi-obsessed with it, uh, I just never changed the name. It's 26 characters long. It's terrible. It's Tim and Georgie, <laughs> T-I-M-A-N-D-G-E-O-R-G-I-E, takes with an S, T-A-K-E-S, pictures with an S. And when you said it to him, you said, take pictures. Well, that's because I'm a little nervous, so my throat is dry, okay. so the S just but dropped it's a off. terrible Instagram <laughs> handle. Terrible. <laughs> the only reason I would cut him a little bit of slack is because our app's he name He did is, it for a girl? Well, that too, but, <laughs> but Jit Jat Joe's a little bit of a mouthful as well. But it's um, not 26 characters It is long. not 26 characters. That is, that is definitely correct. Um, how many followers do you have, just out of curiosity? But, well, I don't know. We could find out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like, are you actively marketing yourself on this, or is this more for oh, personal absolutely use? Absolutely not. She I, gives me a hard time all the time. Uh, he's probably more of an Instagram voyeur, similar to you being yeah, a Twitter yeah, voyeur. Yeah, absolutely. I'm the yeah. same way on Instagram. I don't know. I'm, I'm somewhat private when it comes to social stuff. Um, my wife, again, not so much. She, everything about us is everywhere. For me, I try to uh, pull it a little bit in more. I don't know. Just personal preference. So I have 427 followers, and I've had it for five years maybe four years and i put 78 posts on so that says a little that's not a terrible ratio though oh really okay i I think about revising the name a little bit (laughs) you know and you could probably port most of those followers over to something okay up next we have alex leonard the other half of our focus group of two also a new york city chef Alex actually has a little bit of a better Instagram handle, which is while we're on the subject. His handle is at entree underscore 3000, which is kind of funny. Um, Alex, do you have an app that you like, use? The New York Times crossword puzzle. Oh, now that's a surprise. 
I wouldn't have pegged you as a crossword puzzle guy. Most people don't, but uh, it's something to do in the train. Wait, there's an app just for the crossword? There is. That's incredible. I'm downloading it now. It's pretty fun. <laughs> Does that cost anything? It's, it's like three dollars or two ninety nine or something. It's, it's a monthly not charge or is it? Right it you should no, you should support the New York Times. You should support the New York Times, especially now. They're doing a great job. Especially Pay now the $3. that they're bringing on climate change denier columnists. Well, you know, they're doing a good job. Real Otherwise. News. You can do the, it's like a, it's a smaller version of it on their website. That's free. But if you subscribe to the New York Times, you can, you get the free one. It's just interesting because uh, I wonder what effect that has on their business. Because I guarantee you there's a big chunk of people that probably buy the paper just for the crossword puzzle. Right. Well, then if they got it, if you get a digital subscription, you probably get it for free. Yeah, that's fair. Or something like that. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of cross-promotional types of things. Um, they do have a great podcast also called The Daily, which is one of my new favorite things, which I'm very um, a huge fan of. When I don't want to read the news, I listen to that, and then that sort of takes care of that for the day. My app is... I'm a little late to the game on Amazon Prime, but I just got it. Because, you know, I don't really order on Amazon. I'm a huge fan of going into stores and seeing the stuff, talking to people. I'm a huge fan of small stores, my neighborhood stores, and don't really order that much stuff online. But I, I had to order a bunch of stuff, you know, Mother's Day, Father's Day, gifts, and then odd little things of, you know, electronic stuff. So I did the Amazon Prime thing, trying that out. And it comes with the music. So I downloaded the Amazon Music app, which is kind of cool. Free streaming, playlists, all kinds of stuff. So that's kind of fun, checking that out now. And then I also downloaded the Amazon Video, because you can watch all the videos on Prime now, mm -hmm. which is fun. So that's a whole new uh, cache of entertainment for me, which I'm excited about. So on to the app at hand, Jit Jat Joe. J-I-T-J-A-T-J-O. I think the first thing we have to take care of is, what does that mean? What's that about? Sure. Where does that come from? Sure. Uh, the name was conceived by our two co-founders, uh, Ron McCulloch, um, who's the executive chairman, and Tim Chatfield, who's our current CEO. Um, they actually both relocated from Australia to the U.S. and, and setting up the company and uh, really focused a lot on, on trying to create a name that would be somewhat disruptive, which is what our ultimate goal was in the hospitality field in the first place, is to, to come in and do something that's completely different than what's being done and, and really enact some kind of solution. So um, they made up a name. So they made, well, the name has some origins. So initially it, it, it was conceived to mean just in time, just a temp, and then Joe meaning for everybody, right? So um, we, we don't necessarily push that so much just because it's kind of just become chit-chat Joe, but that was the initial origin of it. I didn't know, I, having read that they were from Australia, I wondered if it was an Australian expression that we just didn't know about because no. we're in the other hemisphere. Yeah, it's funny because the name in, in some instances can have a little bit of almost an Asian connotation to it. We've had talent, you know, uh, approach us and say, well, we weren't quite sure what the, exactly the name was. Um, I think once people say it a couple of times, they tend to really like it. And it, though it's a little bit of a mouthful, they, they certainly people aren't confusing us with another brand. Or right? They're not confusing you with jib jab? It, no. Nope, my wife uses that one too. That's a great one. <laughs> I wonder if Jib Jab has an app. We'll have to look into that. They, they do. 
So the idea behind Jitjetjo is, in essence, an app that is a hospitality uh, temp agency. And, you know, we have the temp, temp agency concept in lots of other industries um, where, you know, a company has a pool of talent. They get a call from an employer with specific, you know, parameters of who they're looking for. The talent agency sends, you know, some people to interview and somebody gets hired. It's that same principle. We've never really quite had that um, in a significant way in the restaurant world. And so this is an attempt to sort of take a look at that initially, and then I think with plans to sort of expand into other industry. So like anything where you're selling talent, you know, the you could have a beautiful interface that is seamless on the smartphone, but if you don't have great talent that shows up, I think you'd have a hard time sustaining a business staffing restaurants. So the idea of this show is we have Tim and Alex, who both downloaded the app and started to walk through the Jitjetjo hiring process. Um, and we will take a quick break now. But when we come back, we're going to find out how they did, how their, you know, how their experience has been, and then have Justin walk them through it and see if they, if they make it to the 10% that actually gets hired. 10%. 10%. Selective. Selective. And we at Heritage Radio are also selective about who we like to partner with and who our underwriters are. We like to partner with companies and businesses who have uh, great products, great ideas, great people, and are interested in having a more delicious food life for everyone. And we are a .org. We are sponsored and underwritten by members like you and by companies like this one. This program is brought to you by Chefs Collaborative, a national nonprofit network with a mission to inspire, educate, and celebrate chefs and food professionals building a better food system. Chefs Collaborative members work to make sustainable practices second nature for every chef in the United States. Chefs Collaborative was founded in 1993 by visionary chefs, including Rick Bayless and Alice Waters who acknowledge the influential role of food professionals on our food choices, our collective personal health, the vitality of cultures, and the integrity of the global environment. Chefs Collaborative believes that the greater culinary community can be a catalyst for positive change by expanding the market for good food and helping to preserve local farming and fishing communities. Change menus, change lives. Learn more about Chefs Collaborative at chefscollaborative.org. Well, if you're just joining us and you're wondering what the hell you clicked on, this is Tech Bytes, the weekly show on the Heritage Radio Network where we talk to innovators in the food tech space. And today we are talking about an app called Jitjet Joe, which is an app for restaurant staff and hiring. It's an NYC startup that launched in 2016. Um, and, you know, New York City is a good place to launch an app because we have about 55,000 plus restaurants. Um, and a, a loud lamentation from the restaurant industry that there are no cooks. 
So currently there's about 4,000 strong in the Jet Joe talent pool. And we have two chefs with us today, Tim Dornan and Alex Leonard, who are potentially going to be a part of that talent pool. So Tim and Alex, you both downloaded the app recently this week. And so how, how was the experience of, of going through the initial profile interview process in the app? Well, one thing that uh, struck me was how, I guess, how streamlined it is when you sign up with your uh, social security number. So you fill out all your paperwork before you, I guess, before you get to your job, which I think is, is uh, you know, you get to the point of hiring somebody in the restaurant and the last thing everyone wants to do is fill out that paperwork. So I think it makes things a little bit easier. Did that make you hopeful that you were actually going to get a job also? No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Tim? How was your experience downloading and onboarding the, in the first part? The experience was good, especially if you're someone like me um, in regards to not you know, being so tech savvy. It was very simple. Um, and, you know, going through the process and answering the questions, there were, you know, things that popped in my head just as far as like, I can't remember the specific questions, but just why am I answering these questions at this point? You know, the end result was good. You know, but in the beginning, just because that's the way I think, kind of scatterbrained at times. And going through the questionnaire, I'm like, why? What some of these questions are kind of silly, but it kind of made it fun though too. In regards to being put into a, a, a situation where, yeah, it's serious, but then it's also kind of lighthearted. So you kind of let your guard down. And you're able to answer the questions like a human, opposed to like a robot. Were, were there any moments when you weren't quite sure what to do next or where you it wasn't intuitive or no no it's it's very streamlined it's uh, you know I enjoyed that part that experience of it so you go through and you fill out all of your information and you answer some questions and then there is a voice piece that's the last piece Tell yeah us about that I thought that was a little bit awkward because one of the questions was how would your coworkers describe you? Well, explain explain what <laughs> it is. Explain what it is and how it how it works. Well, the, la- the last thing I believe there's three que- three or four questions, mm-hmm. um, and you you press up. They ask and you press a pound after you answer it. Um, and you answer it verbally, and it records it. Right, you answer it verbally. You're not talking to another person. You're talking to a computer. And that's what makes it odd. Yeah, because it's the timing of it. It's like, uh, do I go? Okay, and then, I don't know, just because it's not a human situation, you don't really give human answers. Like, I literally gave three-word answers to some of the questions where, as if I was speaking to a human, I would probably answer a little bit more clearly and soulfully. Yeah, I, I, would, I would agree with him. I would say you would articulate it differently. Okay. And then what happens? And that, that's, where, that's where I ended him yeah same here was i supposed to go further well, yeah the, the no i thought the next part of the thing was that you set up the interview and mm-hmm. then you go in and being with the time situation that didn't really work so justin tell us i mean it makes a lot of sense to go through and do all your your social security and your resume and answering questions 
Tell us about this voice piece because that's a little unusual, and certainly you don't, you know, have a have a you know recorded robot interview on Craigslist or Monster Board or anything like that. Sure. The, the questions that we ask are not so much to conduct a full interview or anything like that. Um, as you can imagine, we get thousands of applicants on a regular basis. And so what we're really keen on is, is getting a sense of, frankly, at the initial stage, how that person can follow directions, right, and, and, and what their level of enthusiasm is. Um, that's not indicative of the much lengthier uh, interviews that we have once we invite the individual in to our actual office and then they meet one-on-one with a member of our talent team. Um, it's basically what we're trying to do is streamline everything and make it as efficient as possible. The, the questions that we're asking are more personality-based often. So it's, you know, how would a coworker describe you or what's a tough situation that you've been in? This is more to gauge your, your level of, of involvement and, and, frankly, how enthusiastic you are. Um, and, and we just use that as one of the pieces of criteria when we're evaluating a candidate's profile. Um, we're looking at their resume because they have to input where they've worked and whatnot, the number of years of experience they have, et cetera. So um, that's one of the variables. And, and I think it, it, it is an important one because, again, you know, it, it's nice to, to hear somebody and have some level of human interaction as it scales and, and as we're scaling right now. To, to have a bunch of uh, kind of gates in place is really important because that helps us narrow down our funnel so that we can be selective. You know, for every one person who perhaps doesn't elaborate and give a great answer, there's another person who might give an answer that's an immediate warning sign, right? In which case you want to then deny their application or at least look it in, into it much further. So that, that's a piece that has been really useful and successful for us thus far. It is something, though, that is unique because we are one of the few companies probably on the planet that has that as part of the interview process. Um, And we are also one of the companies that, uh, one of the few companies, if the only company that has the full onboarding with every W form you can imagine in the app itself. So the whole experience is unique. Um, I I, I think for some people, it's a little bit of a, um, I think they they welcome it because of its streamline approach, but I also think it's it's a little... um, it's challenging for some people just because they've never done it before, right? Um, so at, mm-hmm. at this stage, how many, you know, and let's just use like a round number, like 100 people sure. to, to talk numbers and percentages. How many people make it past the initial resume piece and audio questionnaire? About 20%. 20%. So mm-hmm. 20% of those people make it to the in-person Correct. interview. So. What are some of the, um, do you have like a greatest hits of the audio answers in the office of like things that were so amazingly spectacular, <laughs> you know, not appropriate, but you had to bring the person in because you wanted to see them or stuff you couldn't believe or, you I know. would love to have access to that. Unfortunately, HR regulations prohibit it. Really? Um, yeah. Okay. There's a lot of confidentiality that goes into oh, it. Oh, that's interesting. Um, Which I suppose is good to know if you're an applicant. Did you know that your answers would be confidential? No. Yeah. I didn't know either. I didn't know either. Yeah, so, so just, just to give you a heads up, when, when is we were... That, is, is confidentiality of the information and things like that listed as you're going through the part of the descriptions of what's happening as you're going through? I honestly didn't notice Look. that. Yeah? Yeah. I didn't notice either, but I wasn't really looking for it. I don't so. think it would be an issue. We do right, specify I'm just it. Just out of curiosity, I mean, opting in, opting out, information is a hot topic right now in yeah. the tech world. So mm-hmm. just, a, just a question. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I, we do specify it, especially early on, because people are inputting their social security number. Right. We want to make sure that they're aware that this information is kept confidential. Um, you know, to circle back quickly, I wasn't even able to look at your applications when, when you guys signed. And I work at the company, right? right? But because I'm not part of HR, there's certain information in there that's that's specific to you. And, and as such, we have you know regulations to follow and whatnot. So that's good to know, mm-hmm. especially right now. I feel like personal information security in life is is a very important topic. So we have 20% of the people that make it from the app piece and then go to the in-person interview. So you do the in-person application at your offices. You do a couple of them every day. Mm -hmm. What happens in that interview process then next? Sure. So So, and I think, Tim, you spoke to somebody on the phone about that. Um, I spoke to a friend. Oh, you spoke to a friend. Went through the whole process and and just explained how streamlined it is and how it it is kind of, you know, uh, annoying to go through that process. But she's like, once you do it, you're done, you know, and that's it. And she that's the the part that she enjoyed is when you do go through these this process, especially when you're doing freelance work, you have to do that every single job. Right. You know, so if you have a, I guess, like a home base or something that can get you branch out and get you different styles of jobs and whatnot, you go through that process one time and that's it. And then if I'm not mistaken, she gets paid through Jijacho, right? Mm-hmm. So and all that the, process is right. even better. Yeah, okay. all of our talent are W-2 employees of ours. Okay. W-2 employees of yours. Of Jitchat Joe. Jitchat Joe. Right. So unlike a lot of other gig economy type of, of apps or companies where they're 1099, yes. they're actually, we've made a conscious choice to have them as W-2 employees. So explain the difference between what a 1099 employee means and what a W-2 employee means, just in case folks might not know. Sure. So the, the 1099 classification is normally for folks who, quote unquote, freelance, or they're not getting their primary source of income from one response respective place. Um, the W-2 worker is, is basically you're a full-time employee of ours, or you can work up to full-time. Um, and, and as such, it, 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 we treat you in, in a different manner than a 1099 employer would, right? Meaning that th- there's a certain level of communication that we have with you and a certain um, atmosphere that we have that you wouldn't necessarily get at other companies that are 1099ing people. We're seeing a shift, and, and I think there's been a lot of um, landmark cases that have come out recently with some of the ride-sharing apps where, you know, they're classified as 1099, and, and but they're really working full-time, and so are they W-2 or 1099? So we decided to circumvent all of that and, and just basically onboard everybody as a W-2 employee. For the, for the person who's working, the differentiation often between 1099 and W-2 has to do with what your employer is taking on in terms of taxes and fees and what you are responsible for. So in a pure 1099 situation, you're you're like a company. You get paid and that's it and you're responsible for paying the full the full percentage of all of your different taxes and fees. In a W2 scenario for a full-time employee, typically the employer is withholding taxes and paying a portion of your taxes because you're a part of the company. Correct. Is, is that the case I, here? Exactly, right. So in the private contract or 1099 cents, you're responsible for, ha- for handling basically all of your billing, mm-hmm. um, uh, everything tax-related. We handle all of the payroll, so we take care of New York City, New York State. Um, you know, a- anything pertaining to the HR side of it, we specifically handle. Okay. So for Tim and Alex, do you know what kind of job you could potentially get 
with Chit Chat Show? Do you have any idea? I didn't go far enough in that process, but I was able to, once you go through the interview process, you can, I guess, download this app that I guess you can kind of see what your options are, which is really cool. Am I saying this correctly? Yeah. Within the app, you have the ability to basically select what what type of work you're interested in. Um, We have basically skill tags. So we assign them to somebody. So somebody, you know, we have all front and back of house positions. So if somebody wants to be a cook, but they also are open to getting work as a server or in the back of house, then they have the ability to do that as well. Um, And then we obviously want to make sure that they have that respective skill set. If somebody says they have five skills, but we're really only comfortable or confident in three of the skills that they've listed, then those are the tags that we'd give them and they'd be eligible to receive gigs with those respective skills. Does it make a difference to you guys to know what the restaurants and businesses are that they're hiring for? Absolutely. I mean, going through the going through the so you go through the process, you do the whole thing, you give them your social security number, you're filling out all your W two paperwork, but you have no idea who your potential employer could be. Yeah, you have no idea if it's like, you know, because we're sitting in Roberta's, if it's like Blanca and Roberta's, or if it's you know, Chili's hmm. or Guy Fieri. Or, you know, Pret-a-Manger or, uh, you know, diner down the street. Does that yeah. does that make a difference to you? That's, I mean, are you looking absolutely. for something specific? Are you just looking for work? Yeah, definitely something specific. That's what makes the restaurant industry so unique is that it's still like the least efficient industry of, of everything. <laughs> you know, there's things that Why still need to be done the, the old-fashioned way. Why do you say it's the least efficient industry? I mean, Not that could, I don't agree with you, but... I mean, you're never going to be able to, like machine cut small dice of carrots or something like that. You're always going to have to do that by hand. Right. Um, and the same goes with that. You know, you have to you have to sort of build a relationship face-to-face with someone. You know, I don't think we're ready to just assign people to jobs. Does it matter to you, Tim, what the jobs are that oh, are there? absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, especially in the freelance world or, I guess, you know, this very similar app it's essentially it is a the freelance world um but yeah you don't know and um you generally could potentially be put into a situation that you're not really happy with but the way that this app works that is unique is that you do get to kind of like somewhat choose and and it's very specific too it's a lot of times um i guess maybe in the i just recently consulted for a catering company and you, the the cook does not know really uh, specifically what the hours they're working are. It's like uh, around this time to a, or from this specific time you start, and you may end at this time or you may end earlier. So with uh, this app, it's it says from let's say six to nine or six to twelve or whatever, and you know exactly how many hours you're going to be working. You know who you're going to be working for. You generally know what you're going to be doing. And so in that regard, it's, it's good. And for me, when I'm looking for work, I, yeah, I want to know what I'm going to be doing, you know. What about who you're working for? Does it make a difference? Absolutely. Is there a difference between a catering company that maybe is not a high-profile name and working for a high-profile restaurant like 
Do you, do you have client? Do you have clients like an Eleven Madison Park? At Certainly, Joe? Yeah, we yeah. have numerous Michelin uh, awarded um, restaurants. I mean, we work with the whole gambit. So it's restaurants, bars, catering companies, event spaces, venues. Um, so, you know, certainly a very diverse group of clientele. What, what's really nice about the app, and not to be a cheesy salesman to the talent, is that you have the ability to rate the client. So if you... Oh, if, so it is like Uber mm-hmm. also. So you, we have three options. We have absolutely, sure, and never. Oh. Never means... I never. Never. Wanna, never want to work back Never means never. You'll never be assigned a gig from them again. Sure is... I had a good experience. I'd welcome the opportunity to work there again. And absolutely is, I definitely want to work there again. I'd love to have priority on their their future gigs. If the employer also rates you, absolutely, then you would be, in theory, the first person matched for the gig, provided that the availability you set within the app matches the booking details. Wow. So that's good to know. Yeah, absolutely. So, and your clients, the restaurants, know that they're being rated by the staff also. Correct. And this is kind of what keeps the marketplace in check because, listen, kitchens can be hot environments at times, especially if you throw somebody in there that hasn't been there before. Right. So it, it, I think it keeps everybody on, the, on their best behavior and on their toes. That's good. And people are used to that type of interaction now because of Uber. Correct. People have been... Uh, their behavior has been trained and modified by all these different companies and apps to be ready for that and used to that and understanding what that means Yeah, if you I, get a bad review. Correct. I think the days of burning bridges are, are long gone. I think there's some accountability um, that all of these apps are really bringing to people. And I, th- I think overall for the workers, it's extremely positive. So. You bring up an interesting point about another uh, point of data. We start with inputting the talent, their skill set. They get tagged with different skills. That goes into the hopper. You have the job. That has different skills. Now you have a rating for the employer and the talent. This is really the thing that's going to sort of make it successful and scalable beyond... I mean, 4,000 is a pretty good number, but if you want to expand beyond and beyond cities and into other industries, it's, it's the back end of how well and how quickly your, your back end sorts through all this detail. So you, you had a, we had a conversation earlier this week getting ready for the show. Tell us about Ma. Sure. So Ma is what we refer to internally as the brains, the heart of the whole um, app. So Ma meaning matchmaking algorithm. She is basically the focal point of making everything work, right? So she takes all the data points into account. She's looking at your ratings. She's looking at your geolocation. She's looking at your prior experience, the skills you have, and really trying to find the ideal talent for each respective job. So what we do that's different than some of our competitors, either in this space or in general, is we use what's called a pull system, okay? In a push model, the job will be broadcast to the general public and then first come, first serve, and that person can grab it. It's kind of like a glorified job board in many ways. Um, In a pull model, which is similar to what Uber uses, they don't give you a, a, a choice in who you want. They, they don't say, would you like John or Jane, the driver? They give you the most qualified driver based upon location, their ratings, etc. Ma basically is the same, it, it operates in a very similar fashion. So she's looking and trying to give both the talent and the client the best experience possible. And then she's basically the matchmaker, so to speak. She, she makes uh, the love happen. <laughs> I, I like that the, the technology in charge is a woman. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> She's making it all happen. We're just about out of time. Tim, Alex, do you have any questions or thoughts for Justin while he's here? Are you both planning to go to, I mean, assuming you get selected to move to the next stage, are you going to go to the in-person interview? Yeah, I will, for sure. Yeah, I think, I think it's, a, it's a really strong system, and, and it really works for people like myself and Alex. And the overall experience was good, so, you know, I would like to finish it, yeah. And see where it takes you? Yeah. Do you have any questions for Justin while he's here, out of curiosity? Anything you want to know? Not at this point, just because we've kind of taken it to a point to where now the next step would be to have the actual interview and that process. But I think we've discussed everything up until that point. And we've been talking with Alex about being a cook looking for work. But Alex, you've also been a chef running kitchens and and restaurants. So on the flip side of this, just very briefly, what do you think about it from the potential hire side? I think it benefits the client more than it benefits the talent, potentially. Interesting. Why? Because, um, because uh, it's so hard to find talented people right now. And if they can link the client up with talented people, I think it, it, it benefits the, the client more. Why is it hard to find talented people now? I mean, you guys are talented people. You, I, I find you easy to find. Um, nobody pays anymore. Nobody wants to work hard anymore. New York's very hard to work in for for cooks, especially now. So the atmosphere, the current state of the industry is making it such that cooks don't want to work or they're going other places or they don't want to take jobs or they're just like Tim freelancing different things because they haven't found the the one, the right home, the perfect match. I would agree with that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Justin, just out of curiosity, in a in a broad sense, which is ramping up faster, your talent pool or your client side? So initially speaking, we thought that finding clients would be the biggest challenge that we had. Um, we have no problem finding clients. Um, mm-hmm. We've shifted our attention from, from the client side uh, to really focusing on getting quality talent. Right. Um, it's more a matter of us making sure that we maintain our standards because, mm-hmm. like you alluded to earlier, the talent are the face of our company. You can have a great product, but if the talent's not delivering... Well, they are the product. Exactly. Basically. Yeah. And if they're not delivering, then at the end of the day, what really is your app, right? So um, that's really been our focal point. Um, in New York City, there's no shortage of people that are looking to work, but it's a matter of putting them in environments where they'll succeed, right? And So last question. How does Jajacho make their money? Typically, uh, temp agencies take... You know, they're structured differently. They could take a fee from the client. They could take a percentage of the job. I mean, just in broad terms without, you know, being too revealing. Broad broad strokes so that my CEO doesn't kill me. We just take a percentage, basically, of the the booking total. Percentage from the client or from the talent? From the client. Okay. We don't touch anything on the the talent side. So it's a $100 job. You take a percentage of that 100 from the client. Correct. And the rest is paid to the talent. Okay. And we do also offer instant pay, um, which is great. So within minutes of the gig being done, the money's automatically deposited in the talent's account if they choose that option. So if it was a 15% fee on a $100 job, so a $100 job, 15% fee, I mean, just to make you know $85 to the talent, 15 mm-hmm. comes off the top. Does that job get advertised to the talent as 85 or as 100? 
it, 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 they are shown what they would make for the job. Okay. Yep, because we want everything to be as transparent as possible and also to set their expectations that this is the, the amount that you're going to be paid. We break it down hourly, basically. Right. So we'll show them the duration of the You make the $10 job. an hour minus $2 for taxes, minus this, minus that. Correct. Or do you show them $7 total because we, we take show this gross and net. Okay, perfect. It's sort of, I mean, in some ways, it's sort of like when you're booking a plane ticket. It's like, wow, it's only $100, but there's a $75 airport fee and a fuel fee and a bag fee and a this fee and a that fee. And then suddenly my $100 ticket is like $250. Yeah, no, we try to be as transparent as possible. Um, and, and people really appreciate that. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, the lamentation of their, their no good talent in New York or it's hard to find is, is definitely real. And we've been hearing it for a long time. And it doesn't seem to be quieting down at all. So we'll be curious to see. Maybe you can come back later and, and tell us how it's going. Certainly. Love to. At the end of every show, I always like to ask each of my guests for a little piece of advice for our listeners to use in real life at home. Justin, we'll start with you. You're the marketing media expert. We we're talking quite a bit about Instagram. What's your advice to people who are looking to build a strong Instagram following and an Instagram brand for themselves? I think it's important for people to really understand what their brand truly is. Um, you know, in the hospitality field, it would be easy to say, let's just plaster our Instagram account with food pictures because they get a lot of likes, right? And, and it's an aesthetically pleasing image. I don't think that's necessarily the case for a company like ours, for example. You really want to hone in on what your brand is, put relevant content, and then really focus on finding hashtags and ways to get your message out there. Um, but doing it in a, a tasteful way. So you want to have your images on, on brand, meaning that you have a, a visual aesthetic that you try to stick to. You want to have a, an appropriate posting cadence. So it's important to have the right content, but you also want to make sure that you're posting it when there's as many eyeballs as possible. So really trying to have a more of a comprehensive thought and look into how to grow it as opposed to just, I'm going to post a bunch of things. You know, take a deeper dive and, and try to compartmentalize each respective factor. And I think that goes a long way to the, the user count in increasing and the engagement as well. So I've noticed on Instagram that quite a few uh, people, they post the photo, they post the initial caption and text, and then they post a comment where they will load in a bajillion hashtags. Mm -hmm. That seems to be the current standard operating procedure. Yeah. Is that people just doing that because people see that? Is that useful? Is it helpful to have that many hashtags? I mean, the more hashtags you have, in theory, the more people you're reaching. They put it in the comment because that way it doesn't show in the post itself and it looks a little tacky. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. At the end of the day, you have to kind of work with what the platform offers and, and, and what tools you have at your disposal to really engage as many people as possible. So that is one way to do it. Sometimes I think that people post too many hashtags that aren't particularly relevant. And so they may be gaining followers. But if the followers aren't really interested in the product you have or the message that you're offering, it's really meaningless at the end of the day. So really try to hone in again on what your brand is and get the right followers. Specificity and focus. You got it. Okay. Tim and Alex, same question for both of you, both chefs. It's a beautiful time of year now. We're coming into the spring, summertime bounty at the green market. My Instagram, social media, magazines, it's all about vegetables and going to the market and all that. 
What's your recommendation for people who want to go to the green market, buy a bunch of fresh stuff, and take it home and cook with it? It's, it's a little challenging, though, because a lot of times you don't know what stuff is. It's all just one thing. You buy too much of it. Is there a strategy for being smart at the green market? Uh, make a list before you go, for sure. <laughs> but what about don't the... Don't be hungry. What about the idea of going to the market and seeing what's fresh and waiting for something to talk to you, speak to you? I don't know what I'm making. I'm going to the market. I'm going to see what's fresh. Isn't that what chefs tell us all the time? I think it depends. You know, it's, it, it depends on the person. If the person is, is that skilled and they can just grab something that really speaks to them, then yeah. Tim made sure. air quotes when he said speaks to them. <laughs> um, but it, for someone who maybe doesn't cook that much at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you should have an idea in mind. Okay. Be nimble. Uh, That's a good idea then. You know, don't That's be afraid to talk to the farmer. Okay. You know, they, if, if, if anyone that works there, they know. I mean, they're selling the product. They know how to use it. And they'll, they'll tell you the most simple way to, to handle it, whatever they're growing. And they'll make it fun. They're usually generally fun people. Yeah, they're very, they're very friendly people. So don't go hungry. <laughs> make a list. And talk to the farmer. Talk to the farmer. Build and, a relationship. And then the farmer will probably have an idea of what you do when you get home. Or maybe the list comes from a recipe or something that you've seen already that you want to cook. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Very good. And then you can go home and take pictures of it and Instagram it and hashtag the shit out of it. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Don't forget to put an egg on it. That always sells. <laughs> and then with a soft yolk... And then pierce it with the slow mo camera. Those kill it on Instagram. Oh, people love that. People are hungry. Don't don't go on Instagram if you're hungry, right? <sighs> okay. That's all the time we have for Tech Bites. If you are interested in apps and technology around restaurant staffing and hiring and work, we've covered this a couple times since we went on air in January 2015. We have episode 66 which we called The Hiring Line, which was a cook looking for work and a head of HR from the Dynex Group. Episode 50 was Culinary Agents, which is a culinary job board site. We had the CEO and founder, Alice Chang, on. And episode 26, way back when, we had Calintro, which is an industry networking site. We had the founder, Stephanie Berghoff, on. Those are some great Tech Bytes episodes. You can find them on the Tech Bytes page at heritageradionetwork.org. You can also find them on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. If you get your podcasting there, subscribe. Leave us a great review. If you really love the show, come back and see us again. If you can't live without it, go to heritageradionetwork.org, click the beating heart, and make a donation. Maybe give us what you spent on coffee today or what you're going to spend at the farmer's market tomorrow. We will use it to make more radio. I'm Jennifer Leutze, and this is Tech Bites. listening to heritage radio network food radio supported by you for our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events subscribe to our newsletter enter your email at the bottom of our website heritageradionetwork.org connect with us on facebook instagram and twitter at heritage underscore radio 
Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.